Welcome to this bonus side quest edition of the Jay and Rob Toy Show, except for there is no Jay this time. You'll get to check out his stuff, what he's doing at 9 o'clock tonight with Michael Mercy over on his channel, where they discuss all the recent price hikes of action figures. Tonight, much like last week, you get to join me as we sit and chat with an infamous or a famous author, depending on your taste and your brand. Uh, tonight is a gentleman who's no stranger to the Jay and Rob Toy Show crowd, as we've been talking and, and lauding his book, Knockoffs. Uh, I, I wish I had a better intro than that, but it, the, the man himself is somehow even better than his books that keep on bringing smiles to our entire community. I've just taken a look at his magazine as well that he does, Toy Ventures, and of course we've talked Rack Toys as well. Before we continue to plug, needlessly plug, because you guys are going to be buying all this stuff because it's awesome, uh, let me bring him on, Mr. Brian Heiler. Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. Hey, well, you know, we were we almost missed the start of the show because we were talking backstage and I'm like, Oh my God, we better, we better go live. Uh, the last time that we, we talked was a couple months ago when we were filming for faking filmation and action figure adventure. We met digitally like this as, yeah. as well. Yeah. You, you were in my house on an iPad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I still have a rain check to come check out that collection. Cause oh, let me tell you when, when I have a frown on my face or there's a tear cause it's a rainy day, I pour through some of your collection footage oh. that I've been so lucky to see. Oh, cool. And I get to play that, uh, spot what's in the background game and go, Oh, I wonder what that thing is. Oh, that's cool. And then I go down the rabbit hole on eBay to see what I can discover. Oh yeah. Come on over. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a part of my personality for the last 35 years to collect old toys. Well, old now, that's relative, right? And in, in 10 years, the toys that I collect, which are a little bit newer than what you collect, are old. And some people would even say they're old now. There was a new He-Man announced today, Brian, celebrating the 40th anniversary of He-Man. And I said, wait, that can't be right. That would make me yeah, yeah. 40, yeah. and that would make that toy pretty old. Mm -hmm. You know? So what is going on there? How did I get so old, and how did the toys I love get so old? Well, welcome to that realization. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it happens, but I will say that I think kids are involved. Like, yeah. I had a baby, and now that baby's in college, and I'm an old man. Um, yeah, like that, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. If they speed up time or what it is, I'm not a scientist. It just flies by faster than you realize. And the best part of kids that I've realized, and I have a, a seven-year-old and a, and a four-year-old boy mm -hmm. and girl, is when they start getting into playtime, and you mm -hmm. can start sharing those experiences. And then you remember how to play. Like those first few interactions with kids after not like actually playing on the floor. Is really clunky. There's a lot of playtime rust, but then once you get into it, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, with, with my son, um, I remember the thing I really like because he was he was a little guy around the time of Justice League Unlimited, and um, I love those. Were my, I actually bought those figures for me, and then you know as he got into it, it's like all right, you can have this one, and you could have, and then they're all gone, right? Like now they're actually in a display case in his room like he's kept them all but my favorite thing was you know he always had to be the justice league and i liked being the legion of doom you know and sure. I, I would you know i got luthor and we'd use blocks and i'd make this whole legion of doom and then he'd come in with superman and destroy everything and take luthor to jail and it was always like oh but yeah so i never knew how to come back to that because he had superman and i didn't so that's that's a that's a hard narrative curve to overcome when you've mm -hmm. got Superman and finite kryptonite sources and you know 
And my daughter, luckily for me, she always wanted to play with my Planet of the Apes dolls. So um, that one was really easy for me because I also wanted to play with my Planet of the Apes dolls. You know? It, um, yeah. <laughs> and, it gets really easy when you buy toys when you have kids because the more you have kids and the more you play with them and you're buying stuff, I find that percentage in the back of your mind of them being able to play with it just increases. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like, at first it's like, okay, you can touch it. You can hold it. Yeah. You can play with it. Oh, here you go. We'll just take it out of the package as soon as you get home. And then you just start buying stuff for them yeah. and you enjoy more of that than it would just be on the shelf. Like I bought uh, a bunch of Mego stuff for season two of action figure adventure. Cause we're filming and talking about cloth goods mm -hmm. and, uh, female characters and of course I bought a Wonder Woman now it's a newer one it's not a vintage one but course, as soon yeah. as my daughter saw it she's god. like oh my god yeah and she's like huge into Batman and I have a lot of the animated series Batman figures and she's got like the Wayne Manor and I was looking for a Batgirl and you think I could find a reasonably priced Batgirl that's going to be you know thrown and stomped on and, and get into battles couldn't do it really but eh? this Mego Wonder Woman right she's all over it so she's like yes and for her that eight inch scale is like perfect, right? She's only four, yeah. but there's enough, there's enough doll like features that it can hang out with her Barbie and cricket and Chelsea. Mm. But at the same time, she's cool enough to hang out with Batman and some of the other figures in he man, like the six inch stuff. So it's a really cool figure for her. That's straddling kind of the boys toys and some of the girls stuff that she's in. Yeah. And in fact, um, the Mego super gals, I wanted those as a kid. But because they were a little on the doll side of it, uh, I chicken. <laughs> I remember chickening out. I had a Supergirl, a carded Supergirl in my hands when I was probably about five or six, and I almost got it to the cash. And then I just, you know, that that fear of what your peers are going to say, you know, yeah. um, which I've obviously gotten over. But at that time, um, it made me put her back, and I grabbed a Doctor McCoy from Star Trek instead. Which is, you know, when you think about you're going from Supergirl to DeForest Kelly, it's, it's, it's a real shift. Um, yeah. Well, he's an action figure, not a doll. Damn right, it. right. Yeah. He's also, he's a very tired looking action figure. <laughs> he's Kertankerous. Yeah. The first Kertankerous character we all knew as kids, right? <laughs> he's the curmudgeon of, of all our, yeah. all our playtime sets. I want to say uh, hi to everybody in the chat. we got a bunch of people chiming in. Uh, yes, again, these Friday live streams are, aren't usual. We usually do the Wednesday thing, but I'm glad we've been able to set up some of these side quests, these after missions, these away missions uh, with people like yourself. So what's up, Articulated Chad, Retro Universe Toys and Collectibles? That's Scott Severus Snape joining us once again. Ryan B., Cindy checking us out from Texas. Kale calling me an old bastard, my old high school buddy who was in a band with me. Nathan Tater, the toy guy. Sollier, how you doing? Hope you're stress-free now that your weekend and holidays have began. And I'm sure we'll have a few other people joining us. If you guys have questions for myself or Brian, please feel free to throw them in the chat. I know some of you have already purchased uh, knockoffs and are exploring rack toys as well. And maybe you have a couple copies of Toy Ventures as well. Uh, we're going to get to all those lovely publications, of course. But I think what really sets you apart from a lot of people that I've met, Brian, is the fact that you got like almost this Hollywood type uh, vein running through you where so many people in Hollywood have kids and they grow up being in Hollywood, too. That's kind of how you got into the toy industry. Your folks were, yeah. you know, toy business kind of from the get go. So you grew up kind of as an insider. Yeah, I grew up uh, it, it, like it's self-employed parents 
So, you know, you end up growing up in your parents' business and they were distributors. They had, um, you know, they distributed other things other than toys, but that was the only thing I really cared about. I wasn't into keychains or pantyhose or records at the time. And um, yeah, they, 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 they read the magazines, like the inside trade magazines. My dad used to go to toy fair and bring me stuff back. Uh, it definitely set me on this path of being kind of fascinated with the toy industry as a kid. And did you uh, find that knowledge of like your folks, uh, especially as self-employed people, like really probably grinding and working a lot of hours to, oh, yeah. to make it happen? Did you find that that took away the magic of playtime and what toys were, or did it heighten it? No, they they were they let me be a kid. Um, you know, I may have spent some Saturdays as a kid helping pick orders, and you know, you would I remember this is really weird as I was thinking about March break the other day. And I can remember, like, on March break, right, you'd be home. And if your mom had something to do, you'd have to go with dad. I went on sales calls with my dad as a kid. Because I think the first time I ever went, like, downtown Toronto. And, like, you know, he took me to Shopsies and stuff like that where, you know, I was, I was probably six. And um, Shopsies, the great lunch destination of Ontario. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I just remember sitting in, like, lobbies. Not lobbies, but outside of an office where he was like making a presentation or trying to buy something. And I just feel like sitting in the waiting room, you know, and then, you know, I, I think at the end, you know, I ended up with an ice cream or we went to like a, a toy store. I can't remember, but you know, that was, that was childhood. And I was brought on buying trips. I remember going to PK Douglas and seeing the Lincoln monsters for sale. I was the guy who told my dad, can we buy those? And he went, okay. And so like there was, that, that was, Playtime was fun, and um, I liked going to visit my parents. There's a famous story my family won't give up is that I, when I was like two, I snuck out of the house to go visit my dad at work. Um, I didn't have shoes. It was middle of winter. Um, I got caught by the police, <laughs> you know, but um, I almost made it, apparently, because uh, he didn't live that, he didn't work that far. So, yeah, I, I've always had kind of a, a predilection and a fascination with it. One of the iconic moments and memories that I have burned in my mind is that kind of take your kid to work mm -hmm. day. I was I was raised by my grandparents and my grandpa had uh, an HVAC company, heating and cooling and air conditioning, mm -hmm. uh, established before I was even born. So when I became of age and during summers, I would spend you know a week working with him in such March break, much like you're talking about, right. and seeing my my grandpa who was you know i called him dad seeing dad like that was a complete reality shift from dad who i knew at home right, right? yeah oh yeah the, it's like the masks and the different costumes you wear it really kind of dictate persona but when i saw people talking to him and how he would talk to them and engage with them it really made a huge imp impression on me was there a similar kind of imp impression on you i mean i know you're waiting in in you know lobbies and whatnot no, my parents were very big into the um, having people over for dinner from other other you know like suppliers and buyers yeah. and entertaining at home uh, having people over you know for a barbecue so I always saw them kind of um, how they worked you know what I mean like it wasn't they were they were the same people home like my father had a red uh, he had this office in the house. It was kind of cool because it had wood paneling. And if you pushed on one of the doors, the closet opened up. But you didn't see. Pushed on the wall of the wood paneling, the closet opened oh, up. And so um, he had a red phone. 
And I remember that if that rang, there were two things. One, you did not pick that phone up. And two, you shut up. You know, like if you were playing in the hall, you stopped playing because that's the hotline. That was his, it was his work line. And um, that he would bring that phone, like it had like a long cord. He would bring it to the backyard, you know, and it would just be sitting there and he'd be, a, you know, he'd be sipping a cocktail. And if that rang, he'd go, okay, everyone should answer the phone and then put it down so that, that was like a, that was how we lived you know um but at the same point you know like he would come back from a week on the road and uh he would basically have like a pajama day like saturday you know just be like we're gonna watch movies all day we're just gonna order pizza just we're all gonna chill out so he knew how to relax too so that that was that was good and yeah i i I have a very satisfied, like, I, I'm very satisfied with my childhood. You know, I think we all kind of wish we had gotten this toy or we'd done this. <laughs> but for the most part, no, I don't think it had any effect on play for me at all. That's all. It's so funny to hear you talk about the phone. Yeah. Because my grandpa, much like your dad. Entrepreneur. Was was that guy he didn't we didn't have a red batman phone or, or secret panels or anything like that but we he had a cell phone in the 80s like in his car with giant. a giant magnet yeah. antenna that would go on the top yeah you had to dial out through this phone that would connect it through your cigarette lighter and wait for it to connect in certain number of beeps before pushing other other keys in and i just remember thinking it was cool but he's like oh no it costs like you know three dollars to make a phone call yeah. in 1989 it's like well that's pretty cool we can call anybody anytime and it just it was that kind of thing that that blew my mind but that's what you did for work right you had to make sure you were connected because that's how things kept happening right so, right yeah I was, absolutely always i was great. being on on top of your game and i remember they bought the first uh, fax machine i'd ever seen yep oh yes oh my goodness and they put it they they unfortunately couldn't put it in their office for some reason bell was giving them a hard time so they put it in our house and uh, it was like right in our tv room and i can remember i had some buddies over and we were watching a movie or something and the phone rang and the facts started coming out and they were all like they all went over to see it <laughs> and they I realized like you guys have never seen that before and they're like no this isn't normal you know they <laughs> This isn't something everyone has in their house, dude. Yeah, I don't I don't want to date myself too much, Brian, but when I, I had a similar thing, friends were over and they're like, What's that? I'm like, it's a fax machine. And they're like, A fax machine. I'm like, Yeah, you know that thing in Back to the Future 2 that's in the future that Marty gets with these faxes that come out and they tell him he's fired. They're like, Yeah, I'm like, we've got one of those. That's how we communicate. It's like, why don't you just call them? Because sometimes you need paper to communicate. They're just like send a letter i'm like but yeah. if you need that paper now yeah <laughs> you know you have to make a phone call to send paper i don't get it yeah i, I can remember um doing toy deals uh, i i had started my own company in the mid 90s just out of business school and uh, I, I i was using my grandmother's basement as the office and i had a fax machine that i could use uh, and i had i think i had the interwebs but i had to like unplug her phone to use the internet which she didn't really enjoy um 14 dial up modem yeah and i remember buying uh <laughs> buying some toys from a guy doing a toy deal via the fax so like you know we were writing notes to each other like how much and it, you know it was like a very primitive email 
yeah. it, at the time, I remember thinking like, damn, this is, this is the height of technology, you know? Um, That's and so cool. A, a few, a few months ago, I put on an older movie called Johnny Mnemonic. You ever seen that? Oh yeah. And, <laughs> my college professor was a producer on that. Oh really? My buddy did the effects. Um, Wicked. It, it, hasn't aged that well because right at the beginning there's a fax machine involved in the plot and it's like anyone you know 20 years and up would be like what's that you know like they're they're just not as big a deal as they used to be yeah yeah well think of bill and ted right like nobody knows what a phone booth is anymore that's like a crux time travel device yeah that's a really good point oh yeah it's depressing (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan. I haven't seen any movie more than I've seen Bogus Journey. I'm over 700 views on it. Really? I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of my favorites. It just hit me at that sweet spot when I was a kid and watched it over and over again. You know, yeah, I was like Dawn 19 of- when that came out, so it, it doesn't have the same kind of, um, you know, it's all relative to your journey. I was 10, right? So yeah. it seemed just old enough to be really cool to me, like that and Wayne's World. Like I'm watching these teenagers <laughs> kind of live like adults and do what they want without rules <laughs> and get away with whatever. Teenagers and like their 24 year old teenager, right? Like, well, I think Dana was, Carvey was a lot older than 24. Uh, but well, yeah, um, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's that allure of, of the other thing, which yeah. actually is a good segue sure. to uh, your book, Knockoffs, man. Oh, yeah. uh, because this is all oh yeah that thing that yeah. that you did that's, that's everybody seems to be talking about in the action figure community at least everywhere that i look and everywhere that i oh, that i pay attention to here it really exceeded my expectations i don't um, think it's done yet man it's only been a couple months since it's been available right yeah you're still at the beginning i'm i'm, I'm on the second printing already which uh blows my mind uh that i you know i thought i'm gonna put a year's worth of inventory in my garage and then it's like where did that go um wow it's it's really taken off and i had a lot of while i was making it i had put this book off for years and then when i when i was making it i kept getting weird coincidences like crazy coincidences and i kept thinking i think i'm on the right path because things just keep happening and one of the craziest ones was um i have a podcast and my podcast partner is jason Lindsay. And we were talking and I had shown him some of the book and he, you know, he was giving me his feedback. And then he said something to me, um, have you ever seen Secret Agent 007? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, they're everywhere. They, they took a cake topper, like the groom from a wedding cake, and they packaged it as James Bond. And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I have ever heard. And we, you know, we had a laugh about it. And then the next day, my wife and I went to go drop off my son at college. And uh, there was an antique mall about a half an hour away. So we decided to go. And I couldn't get over it that this, I'm just trying to grab it off the wall, was in the first booth I went to. Oh, my goodness. And I texted him and said, is this what we were talking about yesterday? And he said, Oh my God, it is. And he goes, I hope you bought that. And that's like, I did obviously. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the goofiest, dorkiest thing. And that's one of the things that just, that's here. Hold it up again. I'll I'll make your, make your image. so Everybody can see that. Look at that. Yeah. It's like two looks like wedding grooms. Oh, it's so good. You got like the Roger Moore outfit and the Sean Connery yeah, outfit. Yeah, yeah, and you get two briefcases, and they, they're yeah. both doing this, but they don't have a gun. 
or do they i can't tell anyway it's just so it's just goofy. a it's a cake carving knife don't yeah. pay attention to yeah. it <laughs> and uh yeah and that that just was like the serendipity and this thing just this thing just exploded and i'm so glad because you know you don't know if it's a just your own weird little niche and i love knockoffs i've been collecting them since i was a teenager um and you you kind of wonder if that's like just you or if there's other people who'd appreciate it and the the, the toys are hilarious i mean they, i'm drawn to the humor like i yeah. mean until i read your book and subsequently thumb through the pages just to kind of drop the needle like you would on a, on a vinyl or something like that i was always I don't want to knock off. I only want the real thing, the thing that, you know, that, that I know that I can trust that brand loyalty. Yeah. But I think, you know, our, as we started this discussion about being old when toys, you can appreciate some of these other attempts oh, and yeah. you can find a lot of value in them and also just kind of get swayed by the charm of the clunk. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite words is clunk. Um, and I'm glad you said that because, like, I can look at hot toys and go, love it, but I don't want it. I, I, <laughs> I, I you know, like, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Um, I, I, I like toys with a bit of clunk in them, a little toy like, and to each their own, you know, like, a, uh, if, if, if hot toys are your favorite thing in the world, well, I'm not going to go over and crap on it. Uh, but they've, they've crossed a line into something else for me. And it's just something that I don't have an itch that needs to be scratched. I guess that's it's a little bit like the B movie, right? Yeah. I think nobody really sets out to make a bad movie. They make a film with the constraints that they have, at least like the cult classic ones. And they just get notorious over time because of well, all the things that they do wrong. Now, people try to go make bad movies, of course. And, they yeah. say, I'm making a and there's movie. also people who just go, I want to rip off. The trend, yes. uh, like you know, um, one of my favorite things genres is Jaws ripoffs. Sure, I think I've seen uh, like twenty-five of those, and I never tire of them. And they're all terrible movies. With you know, like one of them, the shark is actually like just inflatable, and you can tell. But um, <laughs> I never bore of that genre, and I love. I this is a joke that I made, and I can no longer say it, but. I had never seen up until a point this year. I had never fully seen the King Kong remake from '76. I'd seen with, bits of it, but uh, I into Hamilton. No, with um, that's '86. That's King Kong Lives. I have seen that one. Um, the one with um, uh, Jeff Bridges, the the, the big Dino De Laurentiis. Okay, I'd, yeah. I'd never seen that, but I think I'd seen every attempt to rip it off, and there were tons like there, there's actually one that was filmed in toronto called uh i think it's called bigfoot or sasquatch it's it's amazing it's just amazing it's, it's good i got some toronto nostalgia you see the old yellow police cars that sort of thing but um sam the record man still there <laughs> yeah, <strong. laughs> yeah. i went to school behind sam the record man um oh nice but uh yeah it it's it's like that so some people do set out to make a ripoff or try to steal sales heat. And that's that's really what the book is about. It, it's it's everything from poor attempts um, to just absolute ripoffs. And I, I 
for the most part, I don't think there's a ton of sincerity in those toys. However, sometimes some of them end up being really cool, you know, because they they're 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 mixing and matching genres and that sort of thing. They they get that special sweet spot that yeah. when you put everything that shouldn't work together, sometimes when you it put works. it in the right proportion, it somehow is better. Yeah. Exactly. On the surface, it doesn't make sense, but yeah. it works. My son saw your book cover, yeah. and he said, why is the Hulk angry, and when does he get a haircut? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he asked me the question, what is a knockoff? Mm. You know, like, what is, and we've kind of danced around you know, what some of the qualities are that make a, a knockoff. And I, I gave him an answer, but I, I'm curious, when somebody asks you, well, what is a knockoff? Like, what's what's the clean, succinct definition that you would give somebody? Well, that would apply to the toys but movies or music or whatever else i suppose what I, I you know i always like to say a knockoff is meant to fool your grandparents into thinking it's the thing you want on your christmas list but isn't but there's a lot to it i mean um you can knock off a genre and mm -hmm. you know th that's why when in the book i mentioned this is the first action figure was G.I. Joe. And then in probably in that same year that G.I. Joe debuted, the first action figure knockoff was born. Because, you know, the, the word didn't exist, but people could, they, they could trademark G.I. Joe, they could trademark his look, they could trademark his hands with the little reverse thumbnail, but they couldn't trademark an army man. Yeah, you know, so you ended up with Buddy Charlie. Um, you know, I think the Jerry Seinfeld jokes about having an army Pete as a kid. Um, you got all of these people rushing to the gate with exactly the same concept, and that's a knockoff. My son, when I explained it to him, maybe not so eloquently as you just did, said, "Why would anybody want to make a fake version of Batman?" And then he said, "But why would any kid want a fake?" batman at the same time <laughs> yeah. and i try and i and i really struggled to answer the question without it being about money i really did because you know he's only seven the world that of is economics, the underlying answer though yeah but... the world of economics doesn't make sense to him so i'm trying to, to to i tried to kind of figure it out so it wasn't about money because i don't want him to define his world in terms of you know profit and loss just quite yet i want no. it to be filled with a little bit of magic <laughs> don't sprinkle in you know? that cynicism just yet yeah yeah so i mean it, it's clearly about money and, and horning in a, on a marketplace and yeah. a reasonable facsimile and, and offering something that maybe i i dance around i said well not everybody can afford a batman but every people can you know get a bat buddy is the kind of what yeah, i said yeah, that's, that's like, okay point. and also i think that a lot of the stores that carry these things and they are getting kind of fewer and fewer. Like you're not seeing this stuff at Dollarama so much anymore. Uh, they don't, they wouldn't have a Batman available. Yeah. You know, it's not like this stuff goes up right next to Batman. It's found in flea markets and Chinatown and, you know, places that, and it's impulse buys, right? It's because you're not paying for the license and the stuff is so crudely made. It's a couple of dollars. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so yeah, but yeah, it's hard to explain to a kid without kind of like seeing how the sausage is made, I guess. Yeah, and I, and I like to preserve that as much as possible. No, uh, I like to do that. Well, thanks. <laughs> I tried. I'll take the dad win when I can yeah. get it. One of my favorite pages uh, in the entire book, and again, I, I implore everybody to go seek out a copy of Knockoffs. Uh, 
Brian, what's the website for them to go to off the top of your head? Oh, it's platstallions.com and that will take you to the new site. I am still mitigating sites, but if you type in platstallions.com or toyventuresmagazine.com, you'll get there. There you go. Uh, I love this nightmare Fetty. Mm-hmm. Now the pictures and the figures are awesome on their own, but I found the real gem is a lot of the commentary that you provide for these for these <laughs> figures. In particular, I love this. Nightmare Fetty, a spelling mistake or an intentional error to pass them off as a new character. It's likely we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> There's just something I love about your 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 tone, your sense of humor and in the wit all together. Like it is just uh, it, there's a there's a bright British humor British humor in there. That, I guess so. It, 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 I just it, it, I love it, man. I'm a little British. Um, it's funny. I view it as like mystery science theater of toys. In fact, uh, the schedules didn't line up, but Joel Hodgson was supposed to actually write the introduction for this, but he's he's deep involved in the new season of mystery science theater, and he couldn't do it. So you know, it, it's too bad. But I'll work with him on something else. But I, that and rack toys, it's definitely having a, a gentle poke at these things, you know, without, without, it's kind of like working around the joke, you know, cause nightmare yeah. Fetty is ridiculous. And uh, I regret selling my nightmare Fetty. I actually had that. Uh, <laughs> but, that's a keeper, man. I got it in that, a lot that's of something people don't toys. believe unless they see yeah. it. Right. Yeah. That's the thing with all knockoffs. You don't believe it until you see it. What happened was I bought, four of my absolute grails from a guy and he threw a whole bunch of other monster toys in it. And the Fetty was just like, I didn't even know I bought it. So I brought it to the Burlington toy show. I don't know if you've ever been to that one Yeah, and uh, put it on my table. And I don't know, I think I put like 50 bucks on it. And like, it's one of those things where you, you put it on the table and someone just goes and gives you $50 and you're like, what did I just do? Yeah, you know, something like, happened there. <laughs> it's, I remember I had a yard sale once, and I was putting my milk crates of old LPs out, which I, my daughter will never forgive me. And I realized, like, I hadn't really gone through it, and I had, like, you know, like all the first pressings of suicidal tendencies and stuff oh. like that in, in high school. And, and I put it out, and this guy <laughs> pulled up in his car, and he didn't stop his. He did. He just stopped his car, but. And he had his door wide open that was still running. And he goes, I'll give you $50 for that box. And I'm like, what? And I took the $50. <laughs> and then I was like, uh-oh. And I swear to God, I went to I went to the flea market the next day, which was just around the corner from me. I saw my record collection on the wall, like new arrivals. And it's like, oh, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you have those moments sometimes. And that was the Freddy remind, Fetty reminded me of that. I was like, oh, I probably should have done some research on that uh but luckily i kept the photo which is good yeah that's awesome you mentioned rack toys um as a as a kid i loved them like a four to six year old i love rack toys something easy for my grandparents to grab while they're in the supermarket dollar store whatever and i was pretty good at making them play with all my other figures and stuff going on right it wasn't until i got older seven eight nine ten that there was a discrepancy in quality. It, they didn't quite, you know, match up to some of the other stuff that I was able to get for birthdays and Christmases. And it was like, uh, I don't, I don't want this anymore. They were called hush up toys at one time because oh, of that. Okay. You know, you're, you're at the like, store 
and crying in this in the stroller in the or the buggy. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know, it's it's this ability to get your kid to um, shut up, I guess, for under yeah. a dollar. And um, yeah, I actually still sell them to this day uh, through through a gig I have, and they still sell like crazy. It's well, that's what I was going to ask because yeah. like I've never seen them go away. They seem to still occupy the same kind of store footprint yeah you know same kind of stuff same kind of location same price point like what is the market for rack toys these days has it really changed i mean we've seen figures from you know the 70s and 80s the footprint in like a big box store completely shrink you know in part due to space cost and and online retailers emergence but rack toys seem to be the same as there's less players in the game these days but yeah, the, the, it's there's a lot of evergreens in that market, and because I'm my job is a retail specialist, um, a parent, you, you, as opposed to like someone with no kids, you are three times more likely to buy something in a gas station, um, and then then um, uh, like I said, uh, 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 like a what do they call dinks or you know, dual income yeah. no kids they, they don't yeah. buy stuff at, or elderly people or you <laughs> are 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 I'm the real dink. You're, with that, you're, with you're that putting stat. my kids through college. Uh, you're welcome. You're <laughs> welcome. You. You're I taking was, mine out of it. I I honestly can be. I honestly can tell you, I was in a store once and my daughter started a tantrum over one of my products in the store and she was crying and i'm like i am not buying you what i have in the car you know and um she was just to feel special just to have the attention just to have value right yeah and then the she goes okay well then i want this and she grabs i swear to god she grabs another product that i repped which was suckers at canadian tire and i'm like no, <laughs> like, you know, I, can't, I have bags of those, you know, it's just the, that that business will never go away. And, um, you know, water guns, all that stuff. It's yeah. unbelievable. We're, we're just right now. Um, we're pitching a summer line of water guns and they're the exact same. Like, it, I don't know how you say what's new, you know, yeah. but it doesn't have to be, you know, sidewalk chalk, that kind of stuff. Kids, kids. The number one of the number one sellers I have is um, just something that you squeeze and you and it's like yeah this is slime this is all that you can't ju- yeah you can't justify why it exists or why a kid wants it but they will never stop not wanting it you know what I mean like yeah they'll always constantly want it so. Rack Toys was really um, a love letter to my childhood because my parents sold a ton of that stuff. And I have vivid memories of my dad watching my dad because, you know, even on family outings, he'd stop and do a merch visit or something like that. And and watching my dad put carded Mr. Spock parachutes uh, on a on a rack. I can remember that because I was watching each one go down and just like, Mm -hmm. why does Mr. Spock need a parachute? was going through my head you know so that 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 one was uh a love letter to a happy childhood and knockoffs was sort of its sequel i guess yeah i mean they're very much related the the layout is is very similar great photography as always i love when you 
take uh, shots of figures. You almost have them on that kind of like background of the solid color sometimes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a kid of the '70s too, you know. So like that 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 sort of uh, artwork is is stuck in my brain. Yeah, I, I mean it, it's it's awesome. It truly reminds me of my childhood. I mean, I wasn't born until '81, but even kids nowadays, you know, 20 years, if my son were to look back at this, he'd be like, oh yeah. That, that's my childhood. Yeah, Those yeah. are the same products, like you said. Yeah. Maybe some of the brands are a little bit different. He probably wouldn't have the MASH emergency helicopter, for example. <laughs> or MASH the, isn't popular on the schoolyard anymore? You know, you would think people are vying to be Radar or Hawkeye, but they're just not these days. I, um, I, like yesterday at Value Village, I found two Jamie Farr dinner theater glasses. There you and go. And you, you'd think I'd won the lottery, but... Um, you know, as the girl was cashing me out, I was like, she has no idea who Jamie Farr is. You know, like that just kind of went through my head. Like nobody who hasn't seen MASH knows who Jamie Farr is. You just, but I mean, that's the part of the getting old, right? When yeah. you feel like you found treasure and you're well aware, you're not getting away with murder at this point. Like you are maybe 10 years earlier yeah. when you have that fine and maybe they, they didn't see it and you, and you snuck them, yeah. snuck one past them. It's clear they don't care. You're the only one that cares. You're the only one excited. And you know what? They're happy to let you have it and have your moment. It was funny. A friend of mine uh, goes to shop in Japan a lot, which is my dream to someday do. And he's a big collector of Gotcha Man, which was called Battle of the Planets here. Mm -hmm. And um, he told me once that, yeah, that's like in the old man section of the store now. Like, because it didn't really have uh, a ton of... You know, it was big in the 70s and early 80s. It had like one attempt at a revival in the 90s. But it has, it doesn't really quite have the same like longevity as, you know, Gundam or, you know, things, things that just keep getting re, you know, uh, uh, Star Blazer, Spaceship, Battleship, Yamato, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and it was really like, he's like, it was a really weird feeling, you know, to realize that like this property you love isn't probably going to keep going, you know, um, ticking clock. Yeah. Like, like $6 million man merchandise. I run into it all the time and I'm all excited and it's like, yeah, but it didn't ever have any, like it, it was, it's a five season show from the seventies and then really didn't do a heck of a lot after there was a couple of TV movies, but if you were born in like, you know, 1985, you could go your entire life and not know what that is. So it's, it's a weird feeling sometimes. I was just young enough to remember it yeah. loosely. Like I said, born yeah. in 81. And I kind of, much like the Dukes of Hazard, I knew it because it, the reruns were on before the shows that I wanted to watch. So I was <laughs> aware of it through ancillary, you know, marketing yeah. means. Yeah. Which is, but at least I still got exposed to it, right? You were probably and watching course, the reruns when you were a kid and I was in college watching them. So, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the way that goes yeah, and yeah. of course as as you saw on one of our recent episodes of the jay and rob toy show i had to buy the bionic woman i saw that yeah how did hair i inspire salon. that well we were talking about the difference between uh men action figures and right. girl dolls okay. and you're like they're yeah. essentially the same character bionic woman and the six million dollar man yet he gets all these action parts in these you know arms that you can swap in and salon. she gets a hair salon yeah and so I had to buy the hair salon because you talk about it in such great detail and we have to film these things for oh, the most part. Okay. Yeah. So I bought it. And of course we now have 
a curse upon everybody that right. will watch this. The curse of Meldo. Meldo. Go back and check that episode, everybody, if you want to know what's really going on there. But yeah, I mean, it was cool to check that out. And I got to admit, even as a kid, and more so now, because I'm so sick of these reboots that we're getting and these refresh attempts at Ghostbusters, He-Man, G.I. Joe, TMNT, it's do it all over again. Yeah, yeah. It is the still... unexplored stuff for me is everything before I was alive. That's stuff that I would see of my uncles and aunts, you know, that I was kind of a like there was an allure about it. I didn't oh, understand yeah. it because I didn't watch the stuff. But I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. I wonder. But now as a toy collector, it's like I can go back. I can do the research. I can watch the shows and then I can really get into it. So for me, I've got like 20 years of action figures that I've barely scraped the surface on, let alone the knockoffs that go with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, that's fun. Um, I, I I totally get the allure of things before you. I, I was like that right at, right off the bat. Like we had a used uh, bookstore in our town, and I used to go in there and look at the, like they it was ten cent comics. I think you know just back you know like any people would bring in comics and they'd give them five cents a piece and then they'd sell them for ten or twenty. I can't remember what it was, and I would always pick up the sixty stuff of TV shows I'd never seen. Yeah, I remember buying Dark Shadows comics and Fantastic Voyage comics. Like, it was all, I, like stacks of that stuff. Anytime there was a TV comic from the 60s, I'd buy it just to figure out what the show, like My Favorite Martian. And I, I just remember being completely fascinated. And that was the only way I could um, check out these shows. This is pre VHS, you know, or, yeah. or anything like that. So I remember that. I remember that very vividly. And there was a kid down the street who had an older brother, like five year older, five years older than him at least. And he, his older brother had gifted him his GI Joe space capsule from like the sixties, the, the, the old, you know, yeah, original GI Joe. Yeah. And, um, I, I sort of got, I was fascinated by that toy. I wanted to know everything about it. And this guy was like, you can't touch it. It's my brother's, you know? Um, but you know, I just, I'd be like, you know, just like staring at it. As a kid, you know? I was a little afraid of his brother, so I wasn't going to touch it. But uh, it, that kind of stuff just set my my wheels in motion a little bit. You you completely triggered a memory to me because I had a lot of comics growing up yeah. as a kid. Well, not a lot. Like nothing I really cared about. The kind of thing I'd roll up and stick in my back pocket Ooh. after going to Shaw's Variety Store or something like that. Right? But I have a stack of comics from my uncle that are all from the 60s. A lot of horror stuff. A lot of like... Uh, early Marvel stuff, like nothing in great condition, a lot of like Archies and stuff. And I always kind of had them in a separate pile. And I still have those, but I don't have like any of my own comics for some reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, thing. you care. But I have those. those and like hockey cards and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's just something about the way that they were printed and the way they look and the way they feel was so foreign to my own experience and the stuff that I was first indoctrinated into, right? The way that an action figure should feel, the way a comic book should feel, the way paper needs to feel. That was so different. Mm -hmm. And yet it was still the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But yeah, it was absolutely. new and it was like it was like Indiana Jones, right? You discover something that predates anything that you've ever had an experience to. And it's like you know there's value there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had I also had the the blessing of um living next to a family that they had like their kids were like 10 years older than me and these people really liked me. They were really, they really, really liked me. And they, you know, occasionally I'd be walking down the street and they'd be like, Brian, come here. 
this is from our son's room. You can have it. And it would be like um, the one the one I remember the best is a big box of Universal Monster trading cards from the 60s. Like, wow. And they all had jokes on them. And I think Tops did them a few times. In fact, I think I have the ones from when I was about 10, which came out about 81. Um, but yeah, that like that kind of stuff where you're like, what are these? You know, what have I? It feels like you've missed a meeting a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, you're ahead of that stuff. You're like, catching up. How did you know? Why didn't anyone tell me this happened? And yeah, that kind of stuff. And that was I, I went through, and then I was smart enough to figure out that if I saw kids I grew up with having a yard sale, they're probably selling the toys. And I would like I had almost a mental inventory, like he had Shogun Warriors. And then I just go over on my bike and buy yeah, I'd buy Shogun Warriors and they're like, thank God we don't go to the same high school. You know, and uh <laughs> but yeah, I figured out yeah, Mazinga was my I bought was Mazinga off an old friend. I still have it. Um that like I think I bought that in nineteen eighty two off a guy. So, you know, I had some I had some good ideas. I figured out some good things when I was young. Um, I just wish I had done more with it, you know, but yeah. Speaking of trading cards, I recently got a package in the mail that yeah. contained a bunch of trading cards. And of course the package was for toy ventures magazine and you included these trading cards. And I told you just before we started and I'll yeah. fan them out so everybody can see them. So these are all in there and they're all covered with some great URLs if you want to go hunting and stuff. But platstallions.com is, is the big one that's on a lot of them. And of course, that's your site where everybody can grab rack toys, knockoffs, and of course, subscribe to Toy Ventures and get back issues too. My daughter grabbed them instantly and she plays with one of my back caves. Said, oh, these are going to be Batman's poster. So I just I love, love the idea of yeah. Batman having like a Frankenstein poster in the back cave. Like, why hasn't DC done that? Like, yeah. it's cool that he's got his like you know evidence room and the giant the you know, big penny, penny and all that. Yeah, shit, the dinosaur. Like, yeah, and the, yeah, like that's cool and all. But how much cooler would it be if he had like you know Dracula and, and Frankenstein and like all the stuff that really colored who he is? Anyways, let's be honest. Right? Yeah, 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 know, yeah, yeah. Or Zorro. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, those are not. Uh, I don't have a lot of those left. You, when I was sending yours, I was cleaning my office. Oh, so you gave me your trash. I, no, well, it was like, oh, my God. And I just threw them in because I hadn't seen a, like, my friend and I started that for the Mega Museum. And we did it out of love. We just, you know, we were spreading to the four winds. In fact, a lot of those cards say only jerks sell these because yeah. we didn't want people selling them. We wanted them to trade and build a sense of community. But, um, and I think, honestly, we've probably printed 200,000 cards over wow. the years and we like we did stuff like bringing them to san diego comic-con and spreading them on the tables and it was all to spread word of mouth about our site but it was also like we're just kind of having fun with it you know um yeah. i always like to throw them in packages and that sort of thing uh but i'm toy ventures issue one i threw cards in every order and then toy ventures issue two i started and now i basically don't have any cards left like it's an end of an era like <clears throat> My wife used to, you know, my wife used to joke about like, there's always these stupid cards in the house. Like they'd be in every drawer, you know, <clears throat> in every couch. Every, Go to you know. get a, a butter knife, and there's a Frankenstein mm -hmm, card on top mm -hmm. of it. And you know, be sweeping, and there's at least one card. And, Vacuuming under the couch, it gets oh. stuck. You put it between your bicycle spokes. And yeah, so to to be at the end of an era where I have basically like a little box of them left is like, 
like I, you know, I, I don't have any remorse. Um, I wish I'd kept more because I don't even think I have a complete set. But um, it was a lot of fun. It was a madness. It was when we had a lot of collector zeal. And instead of, you know, fighting on the internet or doing something silly, we actually just had a fun, or yeah, we did something silly, but we, we put something out there that made people happy. And um, it, it makes me so happy when I see people's collections, like Mego collections especially, and they've got the cards behind the characters or something like that. It's like, okay, I'm, you know, we made a difference. That, it's cool. Yeah. I'm going to treat them more precious now that you say they're they're quite rare. And I don't know if Batman's going to have as many posters in his cave that my daughter <laughs> wants. But at the same time, I love the delight that she instantly saw them on my desk and grabbed them and was just like shuffling through them to understand. Like she can't read or anything yeah, yet, but like colorful. she just loved the imagery. Yeah, yeah. Like the imagery. And most of the imagery is, you know, the toys themselves. So, yeah. And I it's, cut my teeth on design with those, which really was helpful. I just wanted the the pink stick of gum that would have cut my mouth had I tried to chew it. That's the only piece that's missing. We we joked about trying to get a wax wrapper, and I think we finally did find. Now that we're kind of at the end, there is a wax wrapper printer, but you know, I don't think anyone makes that gum anymore. That terrible, <laughs> terrible gum. The tooth, uh, <clears throat> the, the toothbreaker gum. Uh, that wasn't the only thing in the package, though. There was this oh, awesome yeah. thing I'm that I discovered. That. Yeah. And I saw you post this online. So I wasn't immediately surprised, but I was delighted when I got to see it like up close. You want to explain what, what this is for everybody? Else? Yeah, what that is, is um, Star Team was a notorious knockoff of Star Wars. Very, very obvious line of toys meant to knock off Star Wars. And what the artist, Dave Waugh did that, and Dave Waugh is an amazing artist, he got the idea that if we do a, let's do a movie poster, but let's base it on Star Crash, which is a notorious Star Wars ripoff movie starring Carol Monroe and David Hasselhoff. And um, the Star Crash poster and the Star Team, it just, it just was such a meta thing to do. And Dave knocked it out of the park. And then I originally was going to do a different premium with the magazine, but pull-out posters were so fun back in the, you know, the 70s and 80s. And I decided to do that. And it, he, it just, I've got one frame behind me, actually. And we, we had so much fun doing it. And there's lots of little Easter eggs in there. There's some, you know, the credits are SCTV and, and different things. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I'm really glad we did that. And I cannot, it's another one of those things where you do it and you go, oh, I can't believe how many people love this toy line. Like, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's cool. And I got to say, you know, like the cards, mm -hmm. the poster, for everybody that, you know, hasn't had these in their hands, these are high quality products. Like we were joking right now about the tchotchkiness of it <laughs> and, the, and the fun. But you can't have fun if something feels cheap. Like, sure, yeah. there's a surface level fun, but like, there is a value to these things. Like, these are, you know, really thick cards Active that aren't going to like tear. Yeah, I, I'm, I, my, know? my background is publishing. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely going to pick your brain about a lot of these ideas, especially yeah. when it comes to our, our season two Kickstarter for action figure adventure. Oh, sure. And, and one but, of the things I do is I always want to include a little tchotchke. We've done uh, stickers, we did a, a t shirt iron on, that was a favorite. We did a pennant um for the Mego mad monster castle 
uh, nice. with the Mega Mad Monsters. And the last issue, we did a glider. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have one kicking here, but it was of Mr. Rock, uh, the notorious Star Trek knockoff. Right. And that thing was hilarious. I can't believe, you know, when you get this big box from China and you're like, I can't believe I made this, this weird idea, you know? It's it's just it's top notch quality, and that's the thing Thank I you. appreciate of between all your your two books and you know, admittedly, my first copy of Toy Venture magazine. Oh, I gave I just, gave the guys a bunch of those to give to you. Oh, I didn't realize they haven't given them to me oh, yet. Well, then they're holding out on me. I've caused a problem uh, <laughs> for them. <laughs> for them, <laughs> I'm gonna have to have a, have some words with those guys. Oh, yeah, but I, uh, I thought you were on, I thought you were yeah. on board. No, I not at all. This oh, yeah. is. I'm missing out. I'm oh, missing yeah. out, but I'm catching up again. I can catch up now. I'm working on issue time. seven right now, actually. Um, but there's there's great stuff in here, much like your your other books. It's there's a really cool deep dive and some imagery that's laid out well and really pops. Bit of the story, bit of the history, bit of personal flavor of what you're thinking of, of each of this stuff. You know, you're breaking down the star team. Like that was this a lot isn't of fun to do. Yeah, it's there's some quality stuff here. This isn't like you know. I was kind of joking when I, you know, we're, we're streaming live to YouTube right now, but I feel mm -hmm. like there's a million and one toy channels on YouTube and everybody's like, here's my review of this figure. Right. And it's awesome. You know, <laughs> here's my, uh, here, here's my connector robot, you know, and it's, and it's awesome. And, you know, I love it because the color red really pops and like, that's their video for the week. And it's like, okay. And oh, I almost want to just... the other side where they're like, damn, you Hasbro, you know, uh, like yeah. there's a lot of that going on too. Yeah. Yeah, and so I feel like there's so much surface stuff where we're talking about the very minimum amount of things to get an eight-minute runtime because it hits some sort of you know magic analytic out there that the true value stuff, like what you're doing here, really rises to the top and like really that. kind of divides yeah. you know the cream from from the other stuff at the bottom of the bowl. So it's it's really awesome, man. I like, don't do it alone. I, I mean, I, I have I, a lot of people helping me, and 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 you know, one of my partners in this we just we both were on the same page physically and literally i guess <laughs> uh, about how it should be and um he pushes me uh really hard like you know sometimes i'll send him an article and he go oh this would be great if we were in 1995 and you know and i go okay you're right you know and i go back to it and, and he's really um he's pulled some really great creative ideas out of me you know things that like you just we were doing the article uh last issue about a knockoff line called thriller in the graveyard gang which is based on the michael jackson thriller video yeah it's in it's in the knockoff book yeah it's in the knockoff book but we actually did a full-on article about it for issue five of the magazine love it and i was struggling with its design and he was laughing at you know no this is ugly it's horrible you know and i walked the dog and then i went Michael Jackson trading cards. And, uh, you know, I, within an hour, I had the whole thing laid out, you know, in that kind of what, what would be the prototypical 80s style, you know, that. Yeah. That, and um, it's stuff like that where you just sit there and go like, OK, yeah, no, I, that's that's my favorite part of this. The research is fun. Uh, I've always been like uh, drawn to building cases and figuring things out and that sort of thing. But. The other fun of it is trying to figure out the layout based on the personality of the toy, which, which we really enjoy. Like it's a real creative challenge and it's, you it, know, it stands out though, man. Like mm -hmm. I can tell, like you're not following some sort of template. 
oh, an gosh, illustrator no. or yeah. you know in design or something like there's character that's to every section that's our point we want every article to be its own thing you know and actually we will sit there and go okay we can't use green we've, we've used green already for the richie rich so uh, land of loss has to be blue you know we'll do stuff like that <laughs> and uh well, should richie have it or should land a loss well, have richie's it richie's gotta have it it's, you know yeah. uh, <laughs> We're almost out of time here. I want to remind everybody again to check out platstallions.com. You can get your hands on all this stuff. Don't rely on people that are helping you film stuff to bring you stuff back to check it out because they're clearly unreliable. And I hope they're watching this. They're going to get an angry text message sorry, in guys. 10 minutes. They know where I live. No, you're not sorry at all. They do know where you live. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've got a few minutes for action figure spotlight. I kind of dropped this in an email. Like, do you have anything yeah. that you would like to show showcase that maybe ties into all of these things? Absolutely. I have a figure as well. I go go ahead. I'll, I picked a couple of figures from my knockoff laundry basket because these things are impossible to display. All right, let's see what you got. Okay. Uh, first up, I have superheroes. And what this is, it is an action figure in a, I guess, discarded or overstocked Captain Action Aquaman suit. He's got green, very cheaply made Captain Action boots. And the what, what this was was... This stuff usually showed up in England, and they would put the Captain Action outfits and masks on these cheap blow-molded heads, these blow-molded bodies, and sell it to kids, you know, for 99 pence or whatever. But they clearly run out of masks by this point, and they did. So they just took this, <laughs> this doll and gave him yellow hair. No eye mm -hmm. detail, no nothing like that. And the other one I've got to show is um, Space Trek. Nice. And Space Trek is a really interesting mashup. One, the, the figure itself is a knockoff of the Night of Darkness from Star Team we were talking about. It yep. is on a very chintzy kind of like throwaway body. But the outfit is the Mego Star Trek 12-inch Klingon, complete right. with gun. Because, um, and this makes sense because the Mego Star Trek motion picture line was a notorious bomb for the company. And they probably had a lot of overstock because they just they just stopped it like you know dead stop as opposed to think you know thinking they were going to run it for a couple of years so this is pretty crazy that you know we've got a knockoff of star wars wearing a star trek outfit and they went as far as to do a card with the the night of darkness kirk and spock and cheryl ladd because there's actually like a fashion doll um in this line as well, wearing a Star Trek outfit. So those are my gems. gems. Those are gems. <laughs> my my action figure spotlight is is nowhere near as cool. But I I did mention this when we had our, our first rendezvous not too long ago, and that's Steve Scout. Oh yes, Kenner's Steve Scout. And I was trying to remember if it was Kenner or not. And you're like, oh no, it's it's definitely Kenner. And I yeah. was like, I'm not sure if it's Kenner, which is yeah. hilarious. Me, me questioning your, your wisdom on something before I was born. Uh, but I was blown away by how pristine this package was. Very nice. Uh, you know, I was I was like, oh, that's cool. And I needed something for Action Figure Adventure Season 1. And it was perfect. And it's still in here. And it's still got the little insert that holds him in there. He's really well made. I'm, I'm so shocked at how well made yeah. this figure is. And that's kind of the allure to almost all the toys before my era 
they're all seemingly better made than anything I grew up with. Uh, you know, the, the cloth goods on him is awesome. The articulation, the durability, like mm -hmm. listen to it's, he's so tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his, his head is plastic and there's a little bit of air in there, but it's really tight and you can't like squeeze the crap out of it. The sewing is phenomenal joints where it should be all the little decor and stuff like that. Even I love the fleur de lis, the, the boy scout symbol there. And yeah. the, on the tag attached to his oh, wrist. Got a counter tag. My goodness. That is yeah. really a minty Steve scout. Well, you know, I only buy the best. <laughs> no, I just, I really got like, I think this cost me $18 us. Yeah. I, I don't think it's, I think it's a really nice line, but I don't know how um, popular it was. And even in the day, you know, like I like I don't I don't remember seeing it in Canada, and that would make sense because we don't we had uh, beavers, didn't we? Did we have we we have Boy Scouts here too? Okay, but I mean, our, our uniforms are, are vastly different right, than okay. the American ones. I used to be a scout, and the big thing is when you have a jamboree with people from other countries in America, you would swap your hats and trade for diff yeah. different garb because you couldn't get anywhere. So, like, I was even collecting as as a Boy Scout. Yeah, my daughter was a Girl Guide, uh, which they don't have in the states of Girl Scouts, right? Correct. And uh, so I, I know a little bit of that universe, but my son wasn't a, uh, a beaver or a cub or anything like that. So I, I was all of them. Really? I was I, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I stopped at Scouts. I didn't go to, was it? I don't she, know. She did the cats. car derby and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The slot cars, yeah. It was awesome. Well, growing up, I, I had a friend whose dad was like a, a Scoutmaster. Um, that was my grandpa. His he dad was definitely was that. in that outfit. And, um, yeah. But my friends were actually, they, they both quit. So it was kind of weird, you know, <laughs> but uh, like, you know, like what's, what's your, what, your dad, you guys don't go with your dad. No, no, we don't like it. <laughs> no. Well, well, that was the same with me when I stopped, my grandpa continued to do it. Cause he wanted oh, really, to keep yeah. doing stuff with the kids. And I liked it for the camping more than anything. But when you get to camp, like once every two months, you have to go to meetings every week to learn yeah. how to tie knots. It's just, Maybe not as fun as it used to be. So, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it for the show, guys. I really appreciate everybody in the chat climbing in, uh, chiming in. We didn't get too many questions this week, but everybody is commenting on everything that we're showcasing and talking about, which has been pretty fantastic. That's Again, com to get your copies of Toy Ventures, Rack Toys, and Knockoffs. Uh, Brian, where else can people find some of the shenanigans and other uh, misfit adventures that you get up to on the interweb or otherwise? Oh, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel called uh, Brick Mantooth. And we do, you know, Toy Ventures episodes. I have a podcast there called Pod Stallions I do with my friend Jason Lindsay. And I do like Mego reviews and other things like that. Um, and, of course, we've got a Facebook group for Pod Stallions, which is called Pod Stallions. That's a lot of fun as well. It's, it's, uh, it's an eclectic uh, mix of topics, and it's, it's very, very friendly. It's great. It's great. I love it. I also saw at one point you could get Brick Mantooth Mego figures. Yeah. How come we can't get those anymore? What's the deal? I've with run that? out of bodies. I have to go buy another big box of bodies. I still have Brick Mantooth Mego figures. I want one. I, yeah. I want to get the first one that you get together whenever sure. that happens. Absolutely. Right. Um, I need to order another big. They, they I'll get a hundred bodies and I'll sell a hundred bricks. It's crazy. Um, love it. Yeah, I'm almost out. Uh, but. What a wacky ride that's been! Like I have a commercial for it on my uh, on my YouTube channel. I saw. It's funny, my my kids are so small, you know. That <laughs> that's filmed in my grandma's basement, by the way. That that beautiful '70s set was awesome. was my grandmother's basement. <laughs> 
I love it. You guys can find me, of course, on all the usual spots at Action Figure Adventure on Instagram, at the Jane Rob Toy Show on Instagram, at Rob McZob on Twitter is the easiest place to get a hold of me and message me. Some of you know I'm on Facebook as well. Just message me where you can check out all the stuff. Of course, hit like and subscribe to this channel for more great stuff. Brian, it's been a pleasure yeah, reconnecting again fun, without yeah. the, the pressure of a question list and topics I need to cover and for a broadcast series. Yeah. It's, it's great. Again, folks, I mentioned Brian will be making... Uh, He's he's all over season two of Action Figure oh, Adventure. I'm he has some incredibly insightful commentary. I love cutting to his comments because it usually takes the piss out of other people that are so serious about toys, but he's still insightful and and kind with his remarks. So look forward to that. Again, thanks so much for watching, guys. We will see you next time on Wednesdays, 8:30 p.m. live as always, and maybe some more side quests as we go forward. Take care. Cheers, guys.